Tom Bernard Show with Andy Brant Bernard, Murray House Comedy, Mike Molina, and Tim Calander. A special guest, Steve Gillespie. Steve is here. What's up, buddy? Murray, you brought Steve in, man. Murray, it's I good talking to you, Pally. That's all I know. We'll be right back. Kick things off right after this, Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant. Bradshaw and Bryant. Due to the billions of marketing dollars spent by Walzer Automotive on Tom Bernard Podcast, you hopefully know that Walzer sells cars. What you might not know is that they also have two full-service collision repair centers in the Twin Cities. They're fully certified by all insurance carriers and can help you navigate all the paperwork if you ever have an accident. But wait, there's more. They've also been in the paintless dent repair business for nearly 30 years and can take those pesky dings out for just a fraction of what traditional bodywork costs. Broken windshield? Walzer Collision is a fleet of full-service mobile glass repair trucks as well. Walzer are pros at body and glass repair, but don't take my word for it. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and a nearly perfect 4.8 Google rating. Check them out at walzercollision.com. Gentlemen, we are back, Tom Bernard Show. Is that green onions? Yep. What's what's green onions about today? Nah, Melina no. always plays stuff, by the way. It, 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 there's some there's meaning behind it. No, don't tell me nothing. There's something behind it. What is it? No, I was trying to get in a better mood. Why are you in a bad mood? Because <laughs> of the weather? No, oh, the traffic, man. That took me forever. Oh, the traffic's horrible. Yep. Well, the game. Hey, the game's coming up in, uh, let's see, two days, five hours, and 23 minutes. Well, Two days, five hours, you got that minutes. You there on your computer somewhere? No, it's actually on the Star Tribune website. Okay. I was just, uh, Tim Calander, uh, I think he was, what were you, about 18 the first time I ever did a voiceover for you? I, yeah, right out of puberty. It was uh, a you were fabulous right. time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so basically, Tim Calander's been telling me what to do now for, uh, oh, 30 years, something like that. Yeah, yeah. More, longer he, than that. No, yeah. more than that. He still don't listen, so... <laughs> We've gotten nowhere. <laughs> That's really great. Tim is one of the one of the guys in the business. He's a producer, writer. You own your own outfit, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Take Two Productions. What's the name of your company? Take Two what Productions. Take Two Productions. See, there you go. Tim's one of the guys. See, when I was uh, about 26 years old, I started doing voiceover and, and got lucky and 
you know, things went really, really well. And, and then I, uh, when, I must, when did, did I meet you like around 1980, something like that? Or was yeah, it, it was early 80s, probably about 82, 83, I'm guessing. 82, 83. Yeah. So I'd been at it for about five years and, and then I did it for about 30 years, went to Chicago, moved to New York and did all kinds of stuff. And then I came back and Tim Kalander is one of the few people I'll still do voiceover for. Lucky me. <laughs> lucky me. <laughs> yeah, lucky you. <laughs> lucky you. Now, what happened was, is, uh, and it wasn't here. It wasn't in Minneapolis, St. Paul. It was, a, it was in a different market. A woman who had just gotten out of college wrote a, I don't even remember what the, it was an ad for some big corporation. It was going to be all over network television and all the rest of it. And she, uh, she was dressed in like a peasant sack dress. So she wanted to prove to everybody, even though she just got out of an Ivy League college, that she was still one of us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Very was that familiar. kind of deal? Very familiar. Yeah, you'd know all about that, Tim. Mm-hmm. Seeing those people in the business. So, and she talked like this the whole time. She would, she would direct you and go, um, okay, what we're looking for today is I need a lot of sincerity. Like you're really, you're really committed Oh, I was going to do it really insincere. <laughs> yes, I was going to do it as insincere as I possibly could. You know what? When I went to Wendy's, the burgers were okay, you know. No, but we're looking for sincerity and, and you know, not selly at all. We just want to hear from a, a, a man who actually enjoys the product and is, is truthfully telling people how much he enjoys the product. You don't remember so, yeah, the okay, product? Okay, okay, so uh, I do, but I, I, I don't want to besmirch the product because it doesn't end well. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> this is after being in the business for about 30 years. And so we did a couple of takes. And she hit the talk back and said, all right, Mr. Announcer Man, why don't we? And I said, what? <laughs> she goes, what, what, what? What do you mean, what? I said, would you just call me? And she says, I don't. What did I? I said, did you just call me Mr. Announcer Man? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I guess I did. And I said, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Honest to God, I just oh yeah. At that they really point, got I you, hit huh? The wall. Well, that started. Oh, see, then I couldn't hire you anymore because you wouldn't do any more voiceover work. So I'd call your agent, and they go, No, <laughs> he, he won't work for anybody. I go, Could you just ask him? <laughs> We're kind of afraid of him, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's not helpful. So that was about a so three-year drought, uh, yeah. Yeah, about a three-year drought, but Tim is one of the few guys. I'll work. For, there are a few people I will still work for. Tim's an old friend. I've known him for a long time. Uh, I won't say on which side, but, you know, four or five marriages, that kind of thing, <laughs> you know. So, so in any case, I got a call about uh, six months ago from my agent, and I talk. I don't talk to him that, that often because I don't do much work anymore. I don't like being annoyed by people. <laughs> uh, they get a, this is like an under assistant agent, yeah, not the head agent, yeah. but the under assistant agent says, uh, "Tom, I was wondering there um, there's a bunch of commercials that um, Tim Callahan would like you to do." And I said, "No." He goes, "Well, are you sure you don't want?" I said, "No, I don't know anybody named Tim Callahan, and I only work for people I know, so I don't know. I don't want to do it." Right. Yeah. So I get the. I call the agent. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's so you got the. He no doesn't want to work with you. What? What did I do? <laughs> <laughs> now this is a guy. By the way, Tim Kalander's come to my house for dinner. We've gone out for cocktails a few times. I mean, it's. I made your dinner. We've been friends. 
That's right. You made that's right. You made dinner right. one time. That's true. So after about two days, it just hits me. I wonder if they meant Tim Callander, not Tim Callahan. Mm-hmm. So I called and I said, "What's the commercial for?" Well, it's a TV commercial for Yamaha. And I said, "Isn't that Tim Callander?" And they said, "Yeah, why?" And I said, "Well, I was told it was Tim Callahan." So uh, it worked out nicely. It worked You're not out. Tim Callahan, and no, no. things are good. We just cut a commercial. The reason that Tim is in studio, uh, you know, Steve and Murray, is we just cut a commercial for Yamaha. Yeah, you just had to wake them. And guys I wish up. we. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. I, I, I should probably play the entire six minutes back because it took six minutes, and we did six takes, and the entire thing was like, okay, yeah, that sucked. Uh, yeah, that one's a little better. Uh, yeah, could you could you yeah that, could you just take some of the suckiness out of it? That would be so. That's you know that's my life with that, Tim yeah, Galland. Went really well. Went really well. And, he, and he's never <laughs> called you Mister Announcer Man. He's never called me Mister. Can you imagine, Mister Gillespie? Yeah. Okay, Mr. Mr. Comedy Man, uh, you're on stage next. <laughs> Can you imagine somebody saying that to you? Uh, yeah, it would, I, wouldn't, I, I would not appreciate it either. Yeah. If no. you've met no. Tom in person, you, you don't really want the image of him dashing out of the sound booth at you. It's a little intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been wonderful, Tim. It's been a great run. So, yeah, it's been, uh, I would say you're probably right. It's been about 36 years, something like that, mm-hmm. I've been working for you. God, I can't believe And you're only like 38 years old, so yeah. it's really weird. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that weird <laughs> that way. We, we were just talking, and I want to get everybody's take on this. Uh, you know, Murray and Mike Molina and Tim and Steve and Andy, uh, get your take on this. I'm trying to find a centrist news site. And if, does anybody know of one? Because I can't oh, find Oh, you're asking the wrong one person. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to leave me fully out any, on that one, man. Is there any centrist position news? See, I don't mind reading the far left side and the far right side, but is there anybody that's kind of right in the middle where they tell you the truth? That doesn't sell There's anything, a site called, that's Yeah, true. that's the problem. That is true. There's a site <laughs> called Media Bias Fact Check that uh, purports to um, research what kind of bias a site has. Oh, um, they do? And they do have a least bias section. Oh, they do really? So, yeah, um, I'm going to have to track that down then. Mm-hmm. There are a ton, but, you know, 90% of them are local. Now, I want to say this. Uh, that, that memo that they were going to release. Oh, I was talking oh yeah. C-SPAN is one I've heard. Is, C-SPAN is pretty, yeah. They're pretty good, actually. Yeah, is very C-SPAN, unbiased. Yeah. yeah, C-SPAN does a pretty good I job. I think that's really Shout the only, like, I think that's the only, um, like, national news site that I've ever heard that's, you know, Actually, non-biased. But I think so. There you go. I think it was Steve that said it. Uh, that it, it just doesn't sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the problem. So that's the whole. Yeah, because I don't. I don't know. There's a lot of big advertisers on C-SPAN. Are there any advertisers on C-SPAN? I don't think so. It's just like a, a public re- reportage, right? That's pretty much what it is. But that memo just came out, the one that uh, Donald Trump, President Trump, said he was going to release, and then the head of the FBI said, oh, I wouldn't release that if I were you, or this, that, or the other thing. I just want to read the headlines. I already did this for Mike and Tim. <laughs> but listen to the headlines. So this is the Washington Times, which uh, they call themselves a, a conservative voice. The headline is, House GOP releases memo detailing FBI surveillance abuses against Trump campaign. 
So it's very clear that this memo details FBI surveillance abuses against the Trump campaign, right? Isn't that clear to you? Mm-hmm. Right? Star Tribune headline, breaking news, House Republicans released partisan memo on Russian probe. CNN disputed GOP memo released. <laughs> Just, they can't even agree that it's this, uh, the memo's about the same thing. <laughs> one's about the Russian probe. The other one's about the FBI abuses. So the memo, which very clear, I haven't seen the memo yet. I don't really, you know, I don't know if I'll ever see the memo or if I care to see the memo. But it's so weird, they can't even agree on what the memo says. I mean, they can't even just come out and say, this is what it says. It's about the Russian probe or it's about FBI um, abuses. They can't even agree on that. So how are we supposed to learn anything? Do you think there's any way we're ever going to ever gonna come together again or I don't know? It doesn't and, feel and you know, like you're it. A per- it doesn't feel like it, does it? Well, mm. That we're never going to get together again. It's just never going to happen. Were we ever so together, though? Was it ever? No, I mean, I know right. this whole notion you're... of like the good old days, but when was that? I mean, what, what no, are we pointing no. to? You know, no, you're right. There were never any good old days. <laughs> there were never any good old The only time basically was that I think Ronald Reagan and Tip O'Neill would talk to one another. Well, polit- uh, politics is objectively more um, uh, separate than it used to be in terms of uh, politicians who will actually talk to each other. So there is that. But I think there's always, you know, a lot of people are just kind of. Um, I don't know, maybe genetically coded to be extremists, and they're always going to be that way. Yeah. So, you know, those people true. always have existed, but politicians did talk to each other more in the past. Now, I do want to ask everybody, Andy is 31 years old. Melina, you're what, 27 or 28 now? 28. You're 28 now, so we're 31 and 28. Murray, how old are you? 24. 24? Yeah. It's even younger. And Steve, you're, uh, what are you, 18? I'm uh, 30 in show business years and 36 in my real life. <laughs> well, so 36. So we got a nice spread from 24 to 36 years old. Here's what I want to ask you guys, and Tim Kalander. You can certainly pipe in as well. Oh, boy. I'm, I didn't, I didn't I'm 56, watch. by the way. 55. Oh, JB's there. <laughs> JB, JB popped in. Yep. I should have known because I heard the potato chip bag <laughs> yeah. rustling. Yep, doing my you best. You are the worst with that. No, that was Cy last week, by the way. That wasn't me. Oh, it was Cy that did it last week? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're just going to, this segment alone, we're just going to talk about this memo thing, and then Steve Gillespie, we're going to talk about him appearing. This has got to be a, a tough week to work, isn't it, with with all these people in town, or are are they are people coming to see comedy because a lot of us at the Mall of America? Right? Well, I don't. I mean, I, we haven't. I don't know yet. We haven't done the shows yet, so it's hard to tell. I, mean, I, I think yet. everyone's kind of. It's up in the air. Like we're like it could be packed. I don't know. How have the ticket sales been, Murray? They've been good. I mean, ticket sales are, are selling. Um, uh, obviously, we have That's a lot good. of events to compete with. So yeah. There's going to be. Uh, you know that push and shove, but yeah. I think people. There's so many people sure. in town that they need to find something to do, and the house comedy is where you need to go. Yeah, and I think people, you know, drunk people from Philadelphia would really like what I have to say on stage. I think I'm that kind <laughs> of comedian. Absolutely, they'll for, throw, <laughs> throw a full beer field. can. Yeah. yeah, that'd be good. I'm ready. I'm prepared. I got a, <laughs> a bubble suit that I'm gonna wear. <laughs> so. Okay, so here's what I want to ask everybody. Um, so I didn't watch the State of the Union because I've never watched it. I don't care who the president is. I've never watched one because I just don't, you know, it's not my deal. I'm not a very political guy anyway. Everybody thinks I, that I am, but I'm not. I, I like to stir the pot and piss people off. That's why I think I'm political. <laughs> but in any case, so I watched the highlights of it. And I'm 40 years older than Murray. 
Okay, so let's remember that. I'm watching this, and I'm looking at the Congress. I'm looking at the all the reps, and I'm looking at all the senators. And I thought to myself, is there anybody making decisions in Washington, D.C. who's not 80 years old? <laughs> Honestly, I looked at all these people, and they're all they, – here's my problem with this whole thing. I think that that you should not be allowed to serve our country as a senator or a representative if you're any older than 55. And here's why. Well, 60. Let's cut it off at 60. Because once you get past 60, it's not going to affect your life in any way, shape, or form by the time it's, it, it, it's put, into, you know, put into the system and it's working. So basically, we have a bunch of people who are in their 70s and 80s making decisions that will have no effect on them whatsoever. So why would we want that, that form of government? Does that make any sense to you guys? It makes sense to me in the sense that technology moves so fast, too. And typically, people that are that age don't understand, you know, the new technologies. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean typically. I mean, I don't maybe understand you, them. Maybe you feel like show that you still, you're like, you know, up on the new uh, what's going on. Yeah, instead maybe. of just like, you know, I'm, I've still used my typewriter because that's what I'm familiar with kind of thing. We'll take a break. Be right back in just a couple of minutes. And we'll talk more about this, Tom, but aren't you? I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. Ask one of our bankers what they love about business banking. They always say the relationship with a client. Case in point, True North Oral Surgery and Implants is a longtime customer with a growing practice. Their banker, Julie Marshall, knows the ins and outs of what they do. So when they need working capital, an equipment loan, or funds for expansion, they call Julie. Are you looking for a banker you can count on? Give us a call. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. If you've noticed your vision getting cloudy, blurry, or dim, or having more difficulty seeing at night, you could have cataracts. Tom here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Whiting Clinic is best known for their fabulous LASIK results. You've heard me rave about them for years, but did you know they do much more? They do, and I'm here to tell you about my wonderful experience having cataract surgery at Whiting Clinic. I'm at that age where my vision started to fade, so I called up the folks at Whiting Clinic. They helped me out right away. My cataract surgery was super easy, and thanks to the Whiting Clinic, my vision is top-notch once again. Of course, Whiting Clinic has the most advanced lens technology and vision options available, so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you've been told you have cataracts or you're wondering why things just aren't as clear as they used to be, Call the experts at Whiting Clinic or go to whitingclinic.com to learn more. See the folks at Whiting Clinic in order to see your very best. And don't forget to tell them that I sent you. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. We're just getting kind of a vote on the situation. I'm not going to spend all show on this, but I just... Um, I was looking at the headlines, and today I'm just looking at uh, these are all all kinds of different uh, news sources: the uh, Newser, Star Tribune, Weekly Standard, New York Times, California Sun, uh, Wired. There's all kinds of news sources. The headlines today are this: tackling the internet's central villain, the advertising business. That's in the New York Times. Yeah. Uh, Star Tribune, Natalie Wood's drowning now called suspicious with Robert Wagner, person of interest. Mm-hmm. So they think maybe that Robert Wagner might have killed her. Uh-oh. And then, of course, that, that was from Star Tribune. And then in Newser, eldest Castro son kills himself. 
So Fidelito, he was known as Little Fidel, mm-hmm. Fidelito has killed himself. So basically, just because your father murdered millions of people and stole all their money, you feel bad about that and want to kill yourself? Well, there could have been another reason. I, don't, no, I guess he had deep, deep depression for a long time. I don't think that, I was going to say, I don't think he killed himself over the fact that his, his dad murdered people. But You don't think so? He yeah. might not be able to live with it. No. Yeah, yeah, some people definitely couldn't. <clears throat> they could not live with it. It's all true. So, so what do you so what do you guys think of that? Do you do you think I'm I'm wrong in that I'm saying maybe we shouldn't allow people who are billionaires and 80 years old to make the decisions for the proletariat? I'm down to that cuz I think old people love rules way too much. They just <laughs> like rules well, and they just want everybody to follow the rules and they want new rules. Like have you ever gone like I go to Florida cuz my parents live in one of those like gated retirement associations and that's all that is. That's old people getting together and being like, we don't have enough rules, we need more rules, and then they just <laughs> stomp around all day with frowns on their faces, waiting it's, for you to wear jeans at the clubhouse or <laughs> some shit, so that they, oh, it's just so annoying, just it, die already, just it's, die. It's, yeah, I like, I like, not your parents. I like living in parents, a community else. <laughs> okay. when okay. I was young enough to not be affected by the rules, because, you know, I, I wasn't the one who had to... Make sure the garbage can was back inside by 8.01 a.m. or, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. But it, seriously, there was some insane stuff that went around. Uh, oh, it was yeah. like, what, five miles west of here we used to live? Mm-hmm. In a gated community. And, yeah, they would. Uh, but it wasn't oh, an old, incredible. old retirement. Here, here's what happened. And, Steve, you'll love this after what you just. First of all, where are your parents in Florida? What's, what's uh, that? They live in Fort Myers, Florida. Oh, my Fort mom. Yeah, what's a lot of Minnesotans live there. Yep. Yeah, a lot, a lot of Minnesotans love to go to Fort Myers. Mm-hmm. We were in a gated community, and, you know, we'd go down and spend vacations. Like, when the kids were in college and they had J-term, we could go down for an entire month, actually, and, and, and spend, you know, time there. But here's what finally drove us out. You're talking about the rules and how old people love rules, and uh-huh. there just aren't enough rules. Uh-huh. There should be more. I mean, it wasn't, you know, old, but it was not young. No, it was not young. So... <laughs> I get a letter in the mail that says I'm going to be fined uh, the the HOA, which is the uh, what, what does that stand for again? The Housing Authority or Homeowners Association. Homeowners Association. That's what it is. There you go. So, what would happen is is they would if you're you know because we're not there year round or whatever they would let you know your your tree is getting too long and you need to have it trimmed. <laughs> So we'd call somebody and say, okay, go trim the tree, would you please? And they would take the branches, and they'd put them on the lawn, and then the, the truck would come and pick them up, and they'd carry them away. So uh, I got a letter saying we were going to be fined $250, and here's why. They cut the tree because they told us the tree needed to be cut. So they trimmed the tree. They put the trimmings on the lawn. A wind came up and blew one of the limbs out about a foot into the street. About a foot total. It was a true story. So instead of just going over like I would have and picked the limb up and moved it a foot and put it back on the lawn, kind of just to be a decent person about it, I am not kidding you. We were fined $250 because Ooh. we broke the rules. Wow. And here's the deal. Um, to, to make sure that we understood how serious this was, that this, this branch had blown into the street a foot, they put orange cones around. <laughs> just to shame Steve, you. I'm not making that up. Just to sh- it, of course it was to shame us. <laughs> Pretty much. So the effort it would take to pick up the limb, which was not a big limb. It wasn't heavy or anything. 
instead of just picking it up and putting it back on the lawn saying, ah, no big deal, the wind blew it, it, they had to go through a lot more effort to go get those orange cones and put them around the limb. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so when you're retired, exactly you're you have a lot, a lot of time, time. a lot yep. of time <laughs> to wander around and Ain't make sure everyone's around. just being the hall monitor of the world. That's what you are now. It's just a frustrating, so that, frustrating. That's the extreme, extreme side. You know, we have to have some order. Do yeah, have to, order's good. <laughs> we, have to have some, we, we have to have some order now, for sure. Yes, we do. For sure. That's really great. Yeah, I mean. Uh, That's great. Hey, Murray, thanks for bringing in Che Guevara today. That's really <laughs> <laughs> what, you I've actually been there? to Cuba. But, yeah, go, I mean, going back to what you were saying uh, with uh, the age limit, I think 60 is a good cutoff, but you got to have a startup. Yeah. Dude. I mean, it's got to be like 30. I don't trust my side. I'm, I'm going to make so many selfish decisions Oh, yeah, you can't, have, you can't have teens and oh, 20s yeah, I mean, in there. No so way. It's, it's got to be like 30, 30, between 30 and 60, you know? you got 30 years, yeah. and you got to get out. Okay. <laughs> okay. You can't get into your 30, and you got to get out by the time you're 60. Damn. That, I, that works for me. Damn. I like that. 30-year career, yeah, why? That's not bad at all. Yeah. Who said they had been to Cuba? I did. I have. Steve. Steve well, you Gillespie. Have? Yeah. Steve, you, you've been to Cuba? I went to Cuba in, uh, boy, I was 24. Yeah, so it would have been a little over a decade ago. Really? And, and why, why did you go to Cuba? Uh, I wanted to see it. It was a well, I understand fascinating that, place. I'm not stupid. Why don't you put cones around my brain? <laughs> <laughs> well, because I wanted to see it. That's why. Well, really? Well, yeah. That, yeah, I was in Mexico uh, at the time. I'd been doing a lot of traveling in Central America and I was in Mexico and then I decided that I wanted to pay cash for a flight and pay cash for a flight and flew to Cuba and they don't they won't stamp your passport um right right yeah so yeah it was uh, I was there for about what, two almost three weeks yeah what did you think um I mean I, I it was it was interesting it's definitely it was at that time really locked down it wasn't it was interesting and it wasn't as fun as like i would spend a lot of time in nicaragua and that was like the the wild west you know everything kind of you could do whatever you wanted and you'd have a lot of fun where cuba was definitely more locked down as far as you know there's like armed government agents on every block and you know uh racism is still alive and well or at least it was when i was there you know if it if I was talking to somebody that was darker, a darker skinned Cuban, we would have, you know, that we would immediately be uh, stopped and questioned of like, why you're talking to that person and what are they trying to sell you and, and those kind of things. And, and then you start to learn that they, they have a lot of the same kind of prejudices that uh, maybe goes on in this country or does go on in this country as far as skin color and all that. And, um, around the world actually. Yeah. Around the world. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it was, as far as a, a historical place, as far as a, like the kind of history that's happened there, it was it was fascinating, fascinating place. So it is amazing. It's beautiful too. I mean, it's beautiful in like a right. crumbling way, you know. So I hear it's like going back in time fifty years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because of the embargo, they don't have you know they really yep. don't have anything that comes in that's the new. Cars so, are yeah, very all the cars old. are from the fifties. Building materials yeah. are from the fifties, yeah, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, it really made you. So. I mean, it, it did definitely give me a uh, point of view on as far as like the embargo I kind of I was very anti-embargo and still am um, since I've been down mm-hmm. there but well yeah. now you have to understand one thing though as far as the embargo put in place by the Kennedy administration mm-hmm. at least he had thousands of Cuban cigars sent to his house <laughs> and put in his, uh, yeah. did you know that that's true right 
I, I you guess. Know that's I, don't true, know. Right? I, I guess. I, if you're telling me, I oh, guess yeah. it is. <laughs> He, he, honest to God, had a bunch of, had thousands of cigars sent to his compound so he could have Cuban cigars, but you mm. couldn't. Yeah, well, a rich white guy taking advantage of the system? No way. Uh, really? That can't be true. I don't think that the whiteness of him makes much difference there. I think pretty much uh, those abuses are around the world. Anyone who has power will abuse that power. That's Even if true. it's like the tiniest little modicum of power that means nothing, they'll still abuse it. Yeah, it, it's pretty amazing. It's just to watch the whole thing. You know, the average income in Cuba is twenty dollars a month. That's crazy. Oprah for president. Where, people are, were you, are you? <laughs> are you? Where are you getting at? Are you looking at any online right now, or is that it's just a fact? That, know, is this I, just I, a Tom Bernard fact? It is, is not a journal? Tom Bernard fact. I've, <laughs> I've done plenty of studying on the situation. As a matter of fact, I, I, the guy who cuts my hair, his name is Dino Ladotti, right? He's an Italian immigrant. He came to uh, Springfield, Missouri, actually, from Italy many years ago. And uh, he said, I don't know why uh, Springfield, Missouri. It's just I knew a couple of people there, and I, I, so I moved to America. I wanted to come to America. Because apparently his grandfather had immigrated to America and never came back, so we never saw him again. His father did not. His father became a doctor in Italy. So then Dino comes to America. He goes to Springfield, Missouri. And he said, uh, I, I was miserable because it was snowing and it was very windy and it was very cold. But then somebody told me that I could make money if I shoveled lawns and dry, excuse me, sidewalks and driveways. <clears throat> so he said, in the winter, I shoveled walks and driveways. In the summer, I mowed lawns. But in the first week that I was in America, I shoveled sidewalks and driveways. And I'll never forget this. I made $36 in uh, the first week shoveling at thirty-six dollars. He said it's a big that's a big number. I said, What do you mean it's a big number? He said, Well my father's a doctor, was a doctor in Italy, and my father made about thirty dollars a month as a doctor in Italy. Thirty dollars a month. I had made thirty six dollars in one week by shoveling snow. Yeah. So they don't have any snow in Cuba deals. though. <clears throat> they don't have any snow in Cuba, that's very true. There's no nothing to shovel. There's nothing there. But it, 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 is, it is amazing to me how little money people make around the world. I mean, look at what that, what's happening in Venezuela right now. They were, they were one of the most oil-rich countries in the world just a few years ago. They have all these resources, and now they're killing people because they're, they're starving to death. Isn't that sad that that happens? Well, you know, that's where there should be some dis, dis, distribution of wealth. But That'd be good. But then you, how far do you go with that? Then you start getting into, you know, socialism, which... Well, I mean, that's basically, well... Well, yeah, well, socialism without corruption is fine. But yeah. socialism without corruption also doesn't exist. How about humanity without corruption? Is yeah. there right. any such that's thing? That's not going to happen. Yeah, there's a, once you put human <laughs> beings in charge, you, you're screwed. That's the whole problem. Yeah. But, I mean, you put human beings in charge, and you got no chance. But getting back to your question about how mm -hmm. old a, a senator or legislator should be. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know if you – well, you know you wouldn't be able to do it because of the ageism laws, but – Yeah. Not, right, right. But the, well, I mean, we do have uh, minimum and maximum ages for some jobs. That's true. Right. We have a lot of minimum ages. Forced uh, retirements. And then maximum ages, they exist, but they're not common. Well, but the, the thing I was going to say is 
as you get older, you become a lot more selfish too. It was going you think back so? to the older you get. Yeah, going back to Murray's statement, you because you start getting protective of what you got, and you don't want to lose anything. Yeah, I suppose, it. yeah. Whereas, I suppose that's true. Murray was talking about young people. They would be. I gotta get, I gotta get, I gotta get, I gotta get. So, so mm-hmm. it would be the two extremes coming in the door. If you, if they were too young, and it's the thing that we face is people being selfish in the sense of, you know, they they only carry about certain things all the time. So yeah, that makes total sense, Steve. Let me ask you a question. You do you you know not getting too personal about this whole the whole situation from your end, but do you, have you ever had an agent that handled your your career? Mm, kind of, yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. Kind of? Sure. Have you, ever had, I mean, have you ever had an agent who didn't steal from you? Steal? No, no one's stolen from me. Yes. No. Really? No, not like, no, not like it was, I mean, they're taking 10% for not doing anything, if that's what you mean, but I, <laughs> but I knew that <laughs> well, was happening. That's <laughs> not really stealing. But no, I don't, so I don't think of anybody. So, so they don't, like, handle your life, they just handle your booking. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. Because that's so the, I guess the one I guess that, that I guess I wouldn't know if they were taking more than than they were supposed to. It would be hard for me to find oh, out. That, whoops, which means they are <laughs> probably. <laughs> you yeah. can't find out. Probably. But at that, at that point, it's I feel that's like more man. like being taken advantage of more than flat out yeah. stealing. Yeah, I understand. But no, you're out, But you're I right. also it's steal from airports advantage. pretty consistently, so I feel <laughs> like it's just kind of coming around full circle for me. So All right. Well, that's how I occupy. I take. I steal airport sandwiches. That's what I do. Twelve dollar sure. airport sandwiches. Great. <laughs> Great idea. Mentos. Just walk by and grab about three, four. Yeah, I mean they, they're, they're just they're price gouging you because you can't leave. So I feel right. like it's we're square. We're square. <laughs> yeah, it's like duty free. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we will take a break. Be right back, Tom Bernard. Just like all of you, I had been hearing about my pillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone says. Well, I received my first my pillow and I love it. It's very comfortable, stays in that same exact position all night. Fantastic. Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has a very special offer for Tom Bernard Show listeners. MyPillow is offering more than 50% off his four-pack special, which includes two premium MyPillows and two go-anywhere pillows. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first MyPillow. If you already know how great the MyPillow is, why not give them to everyone you know? Call 800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure you use promo code TOM. Call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. That's 800-516-5146, promo code TOM. This is Tom, and I want to tell you a story about camping. A guy named Tim, his back pain, and his angry wife. You see, Tim went camping with his family, but he aggravated his recurring back problem a couple of days before when he was golfing with his buddies. His wife had to set up the campsite and do all the heavy lifting, and Tim couldn't do a whole lot with the two kids. Tim was not a happy camper. And neither was his wife. The following Monday, Tim's wife got him an appointment at Hopkins Health and Wellness Center, a DMR method clinic. Their team of physical therapists and chiropractors figured out what was really wrong with his back, quickly got him out of pain, and taught him how to keep it from coming back. And what did Tim say was the biggest benefit of finally handling his back problem? Happy wife, happy life. DMR clinics are a group of physical therapists, chiropractors, and allied medical spine specialists that can help you feel better fast. They have a 96% success rate. It's covered by insurance, and you don't need a referral. They have convenient locations in Hopkins, Woodbury, Rogers, and Blaine. For a free consultation, go to dmrmethod.com. That's dmrmethod.com. (laughs) 
You're nobody till somebody loves you. Steve, is this you singing? No, a little bit, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I like it. That works for me. So I want to hear more. So you have to go to Cuba for a few weeks. You said you, you've been in Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Yep. So how do you get to Costa Rica? You ever been there? Yeah, I have been to Costa Rica. I have. Because everybody tells me that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a little. It's a lot more built up and touristy and uh, easier travel. Oh, if you're looking for more of a, you know, uh, traveling close to the ground adventure, um, yeah, Nicaragua is much more. Uh, well, just say it, dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> it is dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Is there some place you'd like to go you've never been? Oh yeah. Um, sure. Yeah, I'd like to be. I'd Mars? like to go to. I, I, I'd like to go to. I haven't been to France. I'd like to go to France during the tour of France. I think that would be amazing. That's like my my own bucket yeah, that list. Would be, that would, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Have you been to Western Europe at all? Yes, I've been to England um, and Ireland. Um, Do you like them? Yeah, yeah. Dublin's cool. Dublin's yeah, really like cool. Them. Have you ever it been to is, Dublin? Absolutely. I've been to Ireland. I've been to Dublin. I've been to Ireland, England, Italy, and Scotland. Yeah, uh, that's the only place I've ever been. I'm trying to get to, into that Edinburgh uh, Fringe oh, Fest. Oh, the Edinburgh That'd Festival. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Fringe Fest is unbelievable. But yeah, it's, I don't. Yeah, you know, because I can only get a few days off at a time. I can't go further than you know to Western Europe because I just, I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. You need you to know? retire. It sounds you know, like. I, yeah, it's not get some more time. <laughs> He'll never do it. <laughs> No, I, he will not. I will never retire. Oh, my God. If I sat around and watched television, I want a piece of bread. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be wonderful. <laughs> I've been out of the country once. Where'd you go? And you one. wouldn't believe where that one spot was. Where? Juarez, Mexico. Where? Juarez, yeah. Juarez, Juarez Mexico. Yeah. Is that right on the border? Yes. Yeah, that's where yep. the border of uh, El Paso. El pa- El pa- yeah, we were down yeah, in El Paso yeah, yeah, yeah. for a bowl game, and they took Yeah, the, Juarez, yeah. They took both staffs across the border for a dinner and a show. Mm-hmm. You didn't get killed, though. That's good. No, we get, had police take us to the border, and then we had a police escort on the other side, and then vice versa. But they told us if there's a uh, terrorist attack anywhere in the country, mm-hmm. they shut be, it down. They're going to shut it down, and we're stuck. Yeah, yeah. So fun. <laughs> good times. Good times. <laughs> what a world we live in. Yeah, what a world we live in, indeed. So, Steve, what, where did you grow up? Wisconsin, Ripon, Wisconsin, a tiny where little town. Ripon, Wisconsin. It's called. Tiny. Yeah, it's uh, Ripon Colleges. Um, it's yeah, on the sure. east side of the state. Yeah. Used to have great cookies, and now they shut it down. Yeah, they shut that. I used to work at that factory. Actually, I worked at that re- factory. I yeah, I worked cooking. there when I was uh, like in summers in college. I would work there, and uh, yeah, we would just. I, I mean, I fuck, I messed that job up so many times. <laughs> this one time is I don't know what I did. Something I, I was in I was in control of like so. There's a belt going one way, and it would drop cookies onto this other belt going the other way. And somehow I hit something wrong, and the one belt stopped. So then the other belt was just dropping cookies, and I was screaming at people to get them to stop the belt. And I was like, and eventually like it was up to my knees in uh. What are those like those elephant cookies? What are the, the pink and the pink and uh, white cookies? What are those things called? Those, yeah, it's just up to my knees in those things. And then the supervisor.
supervisor walks in and just like looked at me like I'm the Talking dumbest about person the sugar alive. Cookies? Yeah. The white shirt. Yeah, yeah, the white, the white and uh, God, I can't. The circus cookies, mm-hmm. something I think okay. was what they're called. They're called circus cookies. I think that's what they were called. Yeah, I can't remember, but yes, they are. It was a, it was a <laughs> so really. I googled it. Apparently, they're called circus cookies. Circus for some cookies. Reason. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we just had to they had to throw away probably like thirty pounds of. Getting set. Whoa, oh. hey. Whoa. <laughs> nice. Nice. I have a question for you. So, did you were you inspired by that episode of the Lucy show sure. where that happened? <laughs> that happened on I, it did. It happened on I Love Lucy, yeah, remember? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we were allowed to eat cookies, too. We were allowed to eat them right off the, which I always thought was weird. You could just grab them, put yeah. them in your mouth, and eat them. But, um, yeah, that is kind of weird. Just, yeah, I don't know what. It was a, uh, it was all right, you know. It was worked, a job. I worked at General Mills, man. I never got to eat the smear mix that I made for the inside of the cinnamon rolls. That's not fair. You made man. the smear mix? I did. No. I did. Oh man. <laughs> you couldn't just like spoon it. Nope, you couldn't. You couldn't <laughs> spoon <laughs> it out. <laughs> it just, it, <laughs> there was no, there was no double dipping in the malalage. Just put your face right in it. It was either did, one, one finger or no finger. Did they allow Damn you it. to bring any home? Uh, I mean, you can buy the cases at like you know their cost. So right. It was a crazy. Yeah. It's a crazy discount on cases. Yeah. But you also do go home with like blue nostrils, and you can't <laughs> smell for like three days because it's blueberries throughout the factory. Uh, it's right. just not worth it. Oh. We could only <laughs> we could only buy the broken ones. We could get big boxes of the broken cookies. That's what we could oh, get. Oh sure, man. Because well, they weren't going to sell those anyway. Mm-mm. I had so to gotta make profit off it somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend growing up. His older brother worked at Anheuser Busch, and you you'll understand the issue. They uh, would be given four cases of beer every Friday. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> there was an attendance problem on Monday. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so they they stopped that. I would say if yeah, I probably if a good I, idea. Yeah. If I was in a factory, I would do. I would just drink. During the at during the week, why do you want to be sober at the job? You save your weekend. Very you know what I mean. You can do something good for yourself on the weekends. Netflix. I would just save it. What do you need to be you so know you would alert save, for? You, you, <laughs> you get drunk during the week and then be alert on the weekend. Yeah, exactly. Well, I understand that. Yeah, I have no yeah. problem with that whatsoever. As long as it's not you know no machinery you have to operate, that wouldn't be good. I guess. I guess there's a flaw in the, my system yeah, there. There's but. a lot of machinery <laughs> at Anheuser Busch. I just like when you go like on a tour of the brewery, and then you know you get your first gla- your pint of beer, and then the the guy that's giving you the tour gets his first pint of beer, and you just cheers, buddy. And I'm like, you got the best job. Yeah, he's got eight more of those. <laughs> yeah. Did you go to the Did you go to the um, Guinness Brewery when you were in Dublin, Tom? I did not, no. Oh, I, I didn't get a chance to do that. It's the best part. I did this, though. My, my wife and I bought a bunch of Waterford Crystal mm-hmm. while we were in Ireland. Okay. Shipped it home, and it never arrived. So I don't know whatever happened <laughs> to it, but we <laughs> bought, like, a hundred pieces of Waterford Crystal, and it never made it to our house. I thought you were going to say that it arrived in tiny little pieces. <laughs> no, not even. It wasn't even that good. It just never came. It, and I was like, well, where'd it go? Oh, we don't know. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, it all works out for me. It all works out. Now, have you... You talked about doing the Fringe Fest in Edinburgh, which is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Have you have you worked? Have you done comedy out of the country? Yeah, I did the uh, the British Virgin Islands. Um, I've done uh, Acumel, Mexico, um, Canada, if that counts. Canada, um, that counts. Yes, and I also have done Alabama. So those are, <laughs> that counts. Alabama, those are, uh, the totally foreign, those the are the foreign countries that I've been to. <laughs> that is a foreign, that is a foreign country. 
Yeah. You know the guy who grabbed Taylor Swift's butt, that disc jockey that grabbed Taylor Swift's butt about a year ago, and she sued him, and they went to court, and mm. she won a dollar or something, whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. You know, he got a job. Uh, I can't remember where he was working. He was working in L.A. somewhere, I think. And and uh, so that keep that in mind. He was working, I believe, uh, doing morning radio in, in, in Los Angeles. Okay. I think that's where it was. Um, after that whole situation, uh, of course, the station fired him. Yeah. And then uh, he got a new job in radio, uh-huh. and somebody called in a bomb threat. Apparently a, a Taylor Swift fan called in a bomb threat, so they had to evacuate the, the new station he works at, which is in a place called Walnut Grove, Mississippi. Okay. Can you imagine going from L.A. to Walnut <laughs> Grove, Mississippi? <laughs> I've never actually. Oh I've, I've never been to Mississippi. That's one state oh, I have not go. been to yet. I've never. It's the opposite it. of L.A. Like in every single <laughs> yeah, way. It's the opposite. Uh, you, I can tell you honestly, and I'm. I'm usually, you know, I pretty much like everywhere I've ever been. Not Mississippi. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's literally is another country. I it's went. Not, it's not even similar to the rest of the country. It's just. It's weird how. They have a very, very insular, unique like, culture, way of speaking, way of thinking, everything. It's true. That's just crazy. I about... went down there after. Go ahead, Tom. Sorry. To your show. No, I was just going to very quickly, <laughs> very quickly. After, after, uh, after Hurricane Katrina, I went down to try to help out. Uh, they needed housing down there for lots of people, including the military and a whole bunch of people. So I went down there, spent quite a bit of time down in Mississippi and financed a lot of these things. And basically they ripped off the, all the money and nobody ever got anything. They just stole all the money. They're mis- so they are like the, the rest of the world in some ways. <laughs> in some ways like the rest of the world. No, they are... Uh, I dealt with the governor, Halle Barber. He's the governor of Mississippi. My God, what an unpleasant human being that man is. Unbelievable. We're down there to help, and he's like, oh, "Yeah, well, what do you want, carpetbagger? <laughs> carpetbagger? I'm bringing money with me. I'm not coming to get any." But he still thought it somehow that I was there to take advantage of the Mississippians. Did he call? Unbelievable. You, did he call you a damn Yankee? Damn Yankee! Oh yeah, they love calling you damn Yankee. Oh yeah, we've been called Yankees. It, sometimes it's like in a semi-affectionate tone. It's like calling someone a bastard. I don't know. What's <laughs> <weird>. <laughs> well. You know. In any case, Stevie, you were going to say something. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking. Think I've been thinking about this a while. Like our country's so big that we. It's like how can we ever agree on? I mean, yes, we're just so different and spread out, and it's, it's not like that most places in the world where. Yeah, you know, that's that's you why know, I like true. the idea. It's like, of like Venezuela, like you're talking like Venezuela is a little. state, basically. You know. Like yeah, France exactly. is a state. It's yeah. right. So, well, yeah, we have states that are bigger than you know most yeah, exactly. uh, major countries. I mean, Alaska alone is bigger oh, than God. most countries. Although yeah, there's like, so like, few people. People there. in California aren't going to have the same attitudes and and you know policy no. uh, decisions that somebody in Mississippi or Alabama is going to have. It's just not going to happen. No question. There's no doubt about that. You're never going to get agreement there, and that, I think we should separate it up into about maybe ten different countries. Yeah, <laughs> regional yeah. governments make sense. If we can't, if we can't let the states have their own government, which we were going to, that was the point, and then yeah, we decided was, yeah. that was not the way to go for some reason. Then I mean, except yeah, for marijuana, though, for some government. reason marijuana has yeah. transcended all of that. Some things do. It's weird. Yeah. I wish they would legalize it in Minnesota. That'd be smart. They will. They're getting there. Pretty soon, it's I'm sure. Yeah, yeah it's they're gonna. I sleep really, really well on 10 milligrams of indica. 
I sleep like a rock. It's yeah, wonderful. it's a really good. Yeah, that's a that's a good sleep aid for sure. Is yeah. it is it Can't legal it in, in Florida? Uh, well, just like it is in Minnesota, medical marijuana. Yeah. Yeah. What's big in Florida are, are people wearing T-shirts that say "Legalize Marinara." There's a lot. I'm not kidding you. I'm not making that up. <laughs> what is that? Legalize what does that Marinara. Mean? <laughs> what is that? There's so many Italians here. <laughs> uh, but it, <laughs> but marinara is not illegal. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's I not. I gotta get one of those T-shirts, Tom. Please send me one. Of those <laughs> I, yes, Maria, I will get you a legalized marinara T-shirt. Because <laughs> Catherine first saw you one. That's funny. Where? Now, tell me about the shows. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Where are you in Florida? Are you in Florida? Uh, yeah, West Palm Beach. I've been on the show for an hour, and I didn't even realize you weren't here. <laughs> I thought you were here the whole time, Tom. I wouldn't be in the same room. I, I, I can understand that. Well, I do. We come and go, so it's not like we're locked in and just you know. It's not like we live here or anything. Yeah. In fact, just, mom is probably about there by now. Yeah, she's Catherine. Oh, it's, a, it's Alex's birthday today, but mm-hmm. I would have gone back with her, but there for legal reasons, I. I'm not supposed to be in the state for a couple of weeks. It's just weird. For legal That's my life, though. <laughs> okay. well, I get sued a lot. Okay. Minnesotans love to sue people, particularly me. Well, so, what are you, what know, are you, you know, doing what? that's wrong? What are you... I basically tell people to F off a lot. You can't get sued for and, that, can you? Oh, you yes. can get sued for literally anything. <laughs> oh, for anything. Really? <laughs> oh. Yeah, the so, judge can. The judge will throw it out if it's you know, stupid enough, yeah. but that's still... Right. It's going to have to waste your time and money a little bit. I still got to put up with it. I do want to hear about your shows, though, because the shows are are tonight and tomorrow. Is that correct? Yeah, go ahead, Murray. You know the times, right? Tonight and tomorrow. We got two shows tonight, two shows tomorrow. Um, 7.30? Closed Sunday for the Super Bowl. What time are those shows? That would make sense. We have a 7 o'clock show, and then you're going to have the... 7 o'clock? Yeah. Oh man, I, w- I would have been late. Sure. <laughs> I'd have been on the show. Don't worry. That's really nice, Steve. Really nice, Steve. Really good. And then the nine thirty. Uh, who, who's appearing with you? Uh, Adrian Washington and Ashley Henderson. Henderson. Ashley Henderson. Ashley Henderson. Yeah, Henderson. 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 yeah I uh, forget. Stephen Gillespie. Yeah, Gillespie. Steve Gillespie. Marvelous. Yep. Are you going to go to the Super Bowl, Steve? Uh, no, Tom, I'm not. <laughs> but I tell you what, well, no, I'm, I just wondering. I'm betting on. Uh, I'm going to be betting on the Eagles, uh, pretty pretty heavily, and uh, so I'm really going for all out. I'm gonna. I'm, we're making me and my girl are making Philly cheesesteaks at Ooh, our there place, you go. and uh, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm just gonna go full on Philly. I'm gonna. Uh, Put on some sweatpants and run around and uh, eat raw eggs. Throw beer cans at people. Yeah. Throw, throw beer cans at people. you got to do that. Yeah. Thank Excited. you for being with us today. It's always a pleasure to have you in, sir. All right. Thanks, Tom. No doubt about it. Steve Gillespie, tonight, tomorrow night at Rick Bronson's House Comedy Mall of America. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show.